this world could not do You saved my soul when I was lost Well, you saved my soul when I was lost Oh, you saved my soul when I was lost Surely been good to me You have done what this world could not do And Lord, Lord, Lord Surely been good to me. Lord, 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 you surely been good to me. Lord, 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 you surely been good to me. You have done what this world could not do. Will you fill me with the Holy Ghost? Surely been good to me. You fill me with the Holy Ghost. Surely been good to me. Fill me with the Holy Ghost, surely been good to me. You have done what this world could not do. Amen. Well, Lord, Lord, Lord. Well, Lord, 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 you surely been good to me. Lord, 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 you surely been good to me. You have done what this world could not do. And you healed my body when I was sick. Surely been good to me. You healed my body when I was sick. Surely been good to me. You healed my body when I was sick. Surely been good to me. You have done what this world could not do. Streams are flowing. Move on, brother. Move. 
will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. I will sing. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. And with my mouth shall I make known thy faithfulness, thy faithfulness. And with my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the Lord and I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever I will sing yes I will sing I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever I will sing of the mercies of the Lord oh and with my mouth will I make known thy faith of the Lord forever I will sing of the mercies of the Lord amen welcome to Sunday afternoon we're gonna sing that one more time let's get our hands out we're gonna clap a little bit I know it gets a little tiring we've all had lunch it's warm outside but we're gonna sing it one more time all right I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever I will sing yes I will sing well I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever I will sing of the mercies of the Lord oh and with my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness will thy faithfulness and with my mouth generations I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever I will sing of the mercies of the Lord Amen Let's sing God is good all the time He's good isn't he? All the time God is good all the time it's a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good. Amen. All the time and through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. My God is good all the time. Well, if you're walking shadows all around will do not fear he will guide you he will keep you safe and sound and he has promised amen 
to never leave you nor forsake you and his word is good god is good oh all the time he puts a song of praise in this heart of mine god is good He's being good to us. Amen. Welcome to the service uh, this afternoon. Looking forward to the word. Um, Sister Becky, if you could play, just bring all your needs to the altar. We're just going to uh, slow it down here just for a second. We're going to get ready to open the service in a word of prayer and bring some um, prayer requests. I'm ask Brother Jaron if he would come and open the service in a word of prayer. mentioned a lot of these already this morning, but uh, we want to remember a lot of the folks that are away. Uh, the Wellingtons aren't here this morning. I think Brother Barry mentioned that. Um, Pascals, Parks, uh, Whitlocks, Jacksons. Looks like uh, Brother John Cockman's family's not here this evening. Amen. Uh, we want to remember um, the Whitlocks that weren't able to make it as well. And if you have a, a need, thankful that there's somewhere we can bring our needs this morning, afternoon. Amen. 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 It's good to be back. 
connect with each and every one. Let's just take these special needs on our hearts before the Lord this evening. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're just very grateful, Lord. What a blessing and privilege it is to gather in your name. Lord, what a glorious atmosphere it is just singing and praising you, God. Father, as we come before you, we just certainly ask forgiveness, Lord, if something's not right within us, God, that you would just look within our hearts, God. If there's any wickedness, Lord, Father, any unrighteousness, God, I pray that you would just root it out of our lives, Lord. Through the preaching of your word, may you minister to our spirits, God. Lord, we need you so, Lord Jesus, in this dark hour, Lord. Lord, what a glorious light that you shine within us, Father. Lord, I pray you would just move upon each and every heart, Lord. Walk amongst the aisles, Father, and just minister to each need, Lord. Father, I pray for the special needs tonight, Lord. There's just so many that were not here today, Lord, thinking of the Paschal family and the parks and the Wellingtons and different ones, Lord. And Lord, I know they'd want to be here, Father, and Lord, just fill this atmosphere, God. Many of them may be listening in tonight over the internet, Father, Lord. I believe that you can be there as well as here, Father. You fill all time and space, God. And Lord, no matter where these people are that would desire to be with us, Lord, Lord, I pray you would unite us in spirit, God, and may you minister to, the, to them as well. And for the sick and afflicted this evening, Lord, I pray for healing virtue to flow to each and every need, God. Lord, as a minister comes forward tonight, Lord, may you lay a word on his heart for each individual. And bless the remainder of the service, Lord, as we praise and worship you, God. May it be acceptable in your sight, for we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Turn and shake hands uh, with those that are around you. And uh, you may have your seats. We've got quite a few specials this evening. So I'm going to ask uh, Lily. They can, uh, Lily and group, if they can come now. And while they're coming, just a reminder about uh, Sunday school. Uh, Sunday school group coming up this coming Thursday morning for uh, kids 3 to 10. Parents can drop them off between 9.50 and 10 a.m. for activities for the day. Uh, Please sign up. And I'm sure that's uh, in the back there. Uh, please sign up by the end of today, because today's the last day. All right, and then um, Sister Kristen, as soon as they're done, if you could make your way up uh, immediately after that. Well done, well done, my good and faithful one. 
child You have run the race and now you're home Welcome to the place where you belong What will it be like When the tears fall What will it be like When tears are washed away And every broken thing Will finally be made whole What will it be like When I come into your glory Standing in the presence Of a love so beautiful Waiting my whole life for that day And I will live my life to hear you say Well done, well done My good and faithful one Welcome to the place where you belong Child, you have run the race and now you're home. Welcome to the place where you belong. What will it be like when I hear that sound? All of heaven's angels crying out. Singing holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Singing holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. I'm waiting my whole for that day Until then I'll live to hear you say Well done, well done My good and faithful one Welcome to the place where you belong Well done, well done My beloved child
let's stand. We're going to ask the ushers to come. As soon as we're done doing that, we're going to have the choir uh, come. Brother Mike, if you could ask the blessing on the offering. Amen. As the choir gets ready to come up, we're going to sing um, Goodness of God. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. For your mercy never fails me. Come on up. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, well, I will sing of the goodness of God. the chorus again. time.
a uh, church our size, I think we're getting a little overblessed with all the talent that we have here. It's pretty amazing. Sometimes I, uh, I grew up going to a small church and we were always looking for a piano player, it felt like all the time. And uh, to have so many talented musicians and singers here, I feel very, very, very blessed. Um, as uh, Brother Barry gets ready to come, let's sing, um, let's sing that song, uh, Wings of Faith. Do we, do we know that? Yeah, okay. No? <laughs> some of us do, some of us don't. There are two roads, let's start there. Yep, that's it. Yeah, you got it. There are two roads you may take, one by sight, one by Take the word of God or what you see, what you believe is what will be. of the Lord. We're not going to delay things or prolong things much longer at all. We want to give Brother Stacy some time. And then we have, uh, as you know, a little fellowship afterwards, a little food prepared. And we thank Sister Sarah Basaki and her crew for helping uh, to prepare that for us tonight. Next Friday night, 7 p.m., right? We have a 
joint fellowship here 13 years and older here in the fellowship hall. And we'll have a testimony from Brother uh, Christian in, uh, from Germany. And uh, he's going to share a little bit. And some of the saints from Apostolic Tabernacle will be here. And Brother Tim Cross. And uh, so that'll be next Friday night, 7 p.m. Uh, for all of our young people. Um, <clears throat> I, I haven't mentioned, but in October as well, Brother Dan Danny Steeman uh, is going to be coming uh, to minister for us, and we'll, I'll, I'll lay out those dates, so we'll have those. Uh, for those of you that like to hear good preaching, you want to make sure you make those Sundays. Um, next Sunday, Lord willing, we're going to have a baptism, so uh, just wanted to let you know that. Also as well, and i got a couple of announcements here, and I want you to uh, catch these if you don't mind. Some of the folks this morning had said that they wanted to give towards that church in Zimbabwe that is being built over there. If you do, uh, you can use the regular channel of um, uh, putting it in the plate, and that's how we pick up our tithes and offerings and so forth, special offerings is when the deacons come around there. Or you can always go to our website and click on the donate button, and that gets to the same place. But if you write on your check and say, you know, this is for tithes and this is for the Zimbabwe church, we always divide all of that out and make sure it gets to the right place, whether it's vision books or missions or whatever else. So uh, that is... Um, much appreciated, and those people over there, they are certainly going to be blessed. This is our cutoff day for financial peace, so if you have not signed up and you want to do that, uh, you're certainly welcome to do that starting on the first weekend of August. We didn't mention Sister Lorian today, I don't think. Lorian, we did. Okay, Lorian Cockman, uh, who's not well. <clears throat> also, uh, I wanted to say that uh, we still have some of the SEALS books left. So... You are welcome to take a SEALS book, and if you're, for instance, husband and wife sitting there, and your husband picked one up, and you, you looked at it home on the counter, and you said to yourself as a wife, man, I'd like to have one of those books. I want you to get one of those books in the lobby, okay, and take it home, because if you really want to have one, uh, help, I want you to help yourself so you can have your own book. And if we run out of books, I know the people who publish these, and I can get you one. Okay, we're not charging you anything for these, uh, but you're certainly welcome to get them. So if you want to get them, or some of you uh, young people want to have your own book, you grab one while they're out there, and uh, we want you to uh, do that. We're going to do a study on, based on this new book, uh, The Seals, here upcoming, so it would be great for you to grab it. If you're visiting here, uh, if you're from Kansas, say, or you're from another church here tonight, or whatever else, and you see one of these, and you've never seen this before because this is new. This is the edited, formatted version. You're certainly welcome to pick one up. All right, Brother Hendershot, you're certainly welcome to pick one up and uh, take one with you here. And uh, if you need more, uh, certainly let us know. But they're gonna, we're going to run out of the ones that we have, so we want you to make sure you get that. I'm also sending one to people who are online who are listening. And we have a uh, little congregation online, if you like, people who are uh, part of our church, supportive of our church, and so forth, and we're going to be mailing them copies as well, uh, so they will have that. Last thing I want to say is that on Wednesday night, as I told you in the update, I'm going to be starting uh, the little series on how to study your Bible, how to do a Bible study, and uh, it's going to be different. I'm going to give you materials, I'm going to show you materials. We're going to get online and do it on here on the screen. So uh, you, don't tell anybody I said this. But if you want to bring your laptop, you can do that. 
because I know a lot of people don't read books anymore. Now, I, ha I have a soft spot for books. Uh, but if you, if you study, say, with your iPad and you want to bring your... sitting there going <laughs> but you're welcome to bring it along if that's how you study because we're going to do an interactive study okay so you're going to be involved in this as well as me I'm going to show you how I do it and then I'm going to help you to uh, be able to have some really super great resources that you can use uh, for your own personal devotion plus for for your family devotion uh, that you can use and materials that you can take home with you. I'm going to give you, like, this is called paper, and I'm going to give you some of these so you can take them home and you can reference them. But I will, uh, we're going to interact with this, okay? It's going to be different, and we're going to do it on Wednesday nights because I want you to uh, be familiar with how, uh, the, the, or what the different methods are for studying your Bible, okay? So it's going to be a little bit different, but I want you to, we're going to have resources available for you, okay? And uh, like I said, we're going to uh, work on here on the screen. So um, I want to say uh, as well that I really appreciated all the singing, the music, the choir today. Uh, it was a real blessing. I think they deserve another good round of applause tonight. <laughs> ben is very right. We have a disproportional amount of talent and gifts within the body here, not only in terms of music, <clears throat> technical ability, but ministry uh, for uh, you know people who are uh, gifted in many ways to serve, to manage, to uh, you know in accounting and just so many different areas. We are disproportionately blessed, and my problem always has been to try to delegate and allow people to have opportunities to express their gift. Uh, in this church. It's not been trying to, well, who can we get to do this? It's more like, uh, how, do, how do we include everybody who wants to serve? And that's a one, there are good problems in life, and there are bad problems in life, and that's a good problem in life. And I appreciate that very much. And uh, so uh, you are to be commended uh, for your uh, servant's heart and stack and cheers, and also to, uh, you know, just being so willing to participate. So uh, may the Lord richly bless you. Now, um, we're going to bring Brother uh, Stacy. Uh, we're going to invite him to come and take the, uh, this part of the service now and uh, to be able to share what's on his heart. And you pull on the gift and just ask the Lord to speak to your heart. And uh, I know God has something for us because he always does. We worship you, Almighty God. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Let's sing together. Ring it out now. <clears throat> I told Brother Stacy, I said, we want you to take your liberty. Uh, I said, we have nowhere to go. We have nothing else really that we want to do. And we're here, and we just want to hear the word of God. We, we believe God's word, and uh, we just want to hear from him tonight. I worship you, Almighty God.
Good, isn't he? I want to thank you for welcoming me back, Brother Barry. God bless you for that and trusting and trusting his word and all the blessings he's given to us. And I'm ready to go tonight just a little bit further. Are you ready for that? Amen. Amen. Uh, just uh, take your Bibles if we could. You can stand with me. And um, Let's turn to uh, Jeremiah, the 18th chapter, and we'll just take a bit there. Jeremiah, the 18th chapter. That's, uh, this morning we talked about a masterpiece, and we've talked, we know all about that. Many years we've talked about the prophets, many told us about the masterpiece of Moses, and, and the greatest thing that we look to when we go see Moses, if we go to Rome to look, we always look for that, that fractured knee. We think that's the key part of what Moses, what to us, we see that's the, that's the key to, to the masterpiece that made it is the inspiration behind that mark. And so that's what we get out of that statue. We can see all the great statues, but that's the key part of the inspiration behind it. And I thought we would go on there just a few minutes on the uh, broken vessels and the um, how that God... He mends those vessels. Amen. He picks up the pieces and puts them back together again. And uh, in Jeremiah, the uh, 18th chapter, we can start with a verse one. Lord, which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house and behold, he wrought the work of the, of the wheels and the vessel that had been made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. And the warlord came and me to say, O house of Israel, can I do, can I do with you as the potter saith the Lord? Behold, as a day, as a clay is in the potter's hands, so are ye in my hands, O house of Israel. Amen. And if we can go to Jeremiah, the 33rd chapter. And we'll just add to that just a thought here. Jeremiah 33 and 6. Verses uh, 6 and 7 here. <clears throat> behold, I will bring, behold, I will bring it health and care. And I will cure them that we reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. And I will cause the captivity of Judea and the Judah and the captivity of Israel to return and real and will build them as at the first. And I will cleanse them from their iniquity, whereby I have sinned against they have sinned against me, and I will pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned, and whereby that they have transed against me. Amen. Lord, bless your word tonight. You can be seated. Amen. I do want to take this just a little bit tonight and just add to what we had this morning, but 
now go into a place that we can talk about God picking up the pieces. And I don't want to, you know, we can, we talk about the masterpiece. We always refer to Moses and, and, and that great statue, but we don't want to forget what God's doing in the masterpiece today. But we don't want to also just put it on, well, there's a great big bride, you know, and, and, and we can't put it off that way, right? We can't just pick the great bride, the great bride. But let's, don't, let's stop going so spiritually into that portion to miss the, the very main reason why God is still God in our life. He picks up the pieces of our home and our families and our lives all the time. We don't want to displace that by making it some great spiritual event that God's doing there. And let's forget that God's doing this in the natural with us. And, and, and so we see that with that, we become, we, we came in this world broken. We see the little, just a picture there, a lot of broken pieces found in archaeology and backyards and big digs they have. And but the says that, you know, he goes back and he, he, he picks up that broken, that dirty vessel in the chicken yard and brings it and brings it in and cleans it and washes it and gets it ready for use. Sometimes those vessels aren't really together. They got to be mended, right? Broken up. I've never seen a really good glass in the floor or, or, or a coffee cup in the dirt and it don't need to put a handle on there or something. It's got to be something's got, God's got a job to do with it. And we put those pieces together because in a few minutes we'll, we'll add to that. Look at all the great pieces there that's, that's going to make that vessel. Now, it's not useful right now, but but to put those together in the way they should go, it takes a master to do that. And so it's not easy. And to make those things uh, to make those things back to a masterpiece, it seems like you'll never make it any good because it's been broken before. You know, if you go home, you have a piece that's broken. I had one the other day. Uh, I forget how it was broken. One of Espy's uh, uh, nice things there, the china teacups. And so we was trying to fix it. And uh, Philip, he does those things pretty good. So he, he, we, he looked up online how to fix the china. And so it brought a video about what they do with broken china. And I thought, what a great example of how God can do things with people that are broken up. And it's really important, and you'll see as we go further. So in Jeremiah, we see that in one place, he brings a healing and a pardon and deliverance for the Israel. And he says that he can do them as he does the potter, does the clay, where he can mold them and bring them into that place. As we go forward now, let's not forget that I believe that God is now picking up pieces of our life. I can't say that we're all here, and I don't know any person here that doesn't have pieces that God don't need to pick up. My church has pieces that need to be picked up. And there's, you can look through every family and every person, and, and there's things in their lives that got to, it has to be mended. And God is in the mending business. He's not in the business of just some great big out the big thing, but in forsaking the simple little things of our lives. He's that big of a God that can do a lot of things. And when God does these things, he's, he's very personal because he's a personal God. It's you and God, you see. It's not you and the church. It's not a group thing. It's not a group fellowship. It comes down to you and God because there's where the intimate happens. God marries you. He marries a wife in the spiritual. There's one bride, a many-membered bride. And we have God, and being a person, God 
is very important, very concerned about you. You know, we know about all the attributes of God, don't we? He's a healer, a savior. He's, he's a God. He's all these things. And he wants to express all the attributes that he has in us. He wants to heal you. He wants to save you, deliver you. He wants to mend you. He wants to put you together. You know, that's the God we serve, right? So if, if that's it, we can't ignore and think that our pieces in our life don't matter to God. They matter to God. I believe sometimes we get so busy looking at the mess that we have in our lives that we don't think either we're worthy enough or we've been bad people when God's not going to listen. Or maybe we just feel that uh, your faith isn't there for you to say, Lord, I, I got to fix this in my life. And, and, and we get that way sometimes. It's easy to, you know, I've had people to tell me when people get sick, you know, and they begin to, well, we've got to pray for somebody. And then the person's not being healed or anything yet. And you need to get more faith. You need to get more faith. And they're so, they're so not very nice to do that. Because when you need sick, when you need healing, it's very difficult. People outside can say, oh, I just have better faith. But they're not in the position of a sickness. It really takes faith. And you've got to break, overcome your thinking, your mind, your unbelief. All the little things that in your life that want to hinder your faith to raise up to healing. It's not as easy as they just get up and get faith and do it. And it's inconsiderate to do that to people. You just pray with them and say, Lord, we'll pray. You know, because if you was there, you wouldn't know why doing that to you. So with that type of situation, God's the God that does go down to that level and bring you and bring you up. He's concerned about the, the natural healing and the, and the things in our lives that are everyday things in our home, our families. So it reminds us of the potter and the clay and it reminds us how that God is still the God. We see uh, this morning how, how God does these things and he's a great sculpture and he has the mind of God to know exactly what he wants out of whatever block it is. And, but today, let's go and talk about the potter's hand. Now, the potter's hand is the one that made the vessel. And if he made the vessel, he knows how it was put together. And when God knows how it's put together, he knows how to repair it. He's a creator of us. He's our creator. He knows your body better than the doctors knows your body. He knows how to replace things and work on your natural body. But he also knows how to work on the family, relationships, mothers and fathers and so on. And I was thinking in our walk and how that God has given to us you know, a great family. You know, we come to the church. Usually we all come broken up. Remember, we come in all messed up. And the pastor preaches, and over time, God begins to bring that family up, and they become blessed, and God blesses them. But they came a mess, broken down, broken families, you know, the past history of family relationships. Children are involved in it, and the family becomes such a in turmoil that they need answers. They need, I need a living God, you know. I want a God with skin on it sometimes. And, and they come and they begin to hear the word. And, and what God is doing is, is picking up those pieces. And he picks those pieces up little by little. He takes time. He doesn't throw it together. Could you imagine just throwing that together in 15 minutes? It takes a lot of time to be able to pick every piece and look exactly where it must go. Because he puts things in his right order. 
And it might take weeks and months to do it, but he does it. But he has to, but it, it, it just yields itself into the hand of the potter. And so our lives is going to be the same way. I mean, how many, I would say, you know, I look at my church and we've had problems in homes and families and father-son relationships gone bad and the boy runs off because a dad wasn't really, should do what he better, should do a better job and the daughters and mothers have relationship problems because, you know, you just get together, live together and you have problems and issues and that's normal, right? We have that. And you got to deal with these things, and it's not easy because it's a sensitive matter. But it takes time. But to ignore these things in our home is where the devil will get in, and your relationship goes sour. The family is dysfunctional. We come to church, we live defeated. The kids stop coming because something's wrong here or there, and they 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 we, they need mending, don't they? We need to make sure we, we attend these things. The little foxes that spoil the vine. The little things that we lift undone is what causes a lot of problems in our life. And our marriages too. Your wife and your husband, both of you. How many times you have arguments? We all do. Don't be spiritual enough to say, oh, my, my husband, my marriage is perfect. But if you do, write a book and I'll buy it because... <laughs> Marriage is a working thing because you're growing together and you're human. But when you make a mistake and you have an argument, God is always there to tell you exactly what you need to do. Amen. He'll bring it together if you want him to. But he's a gentleman. He doesn't barge in on your marriage. He doesn't make you do anything. It doesn't make you make it right. He doesn't bring down a bowl of lightning and strike the house and tell you you got to get it right. He, he lets you make the decision. And when you don't yield yourself and say, Lord... I've done wrong. I've been messed up. I shouldn't have yelled at my wife. And you just make it right. What do you do? You, God, God has led you. You're a Christian, right? And, and as Christians, we do ask forgiveness. We repent. That's the nature of a Christian. So in that nature, you automatically want to go and repent and make it right. If you don't do that, you're going against the very nature of a Christian. And you, you, when you do that, you cause, you create a void. And then other things can creep in to that house. And then, and because you, you hasn't repented of things that's going on, and the devil uses that as a stronghold and jumps in there, and you get animosity to one another, you, you get so much built up that over time that it takes a masterpiece, to, it takes a real hard thing to get in there to bring it all together. But it starts by one argument, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So, but see, your marriage is a very important thing. God sanctioned a marriage of a mother, a mother, a husband, and a wife together to have children to bring forth uh, his, his, his command of the word, to say, bring forth and multiply. He made the husband and wife together to be uh, parents of children, but you can't parent unless you can parent a marriage. So I think that when we look at the, uh, and it's not preaching, I'm just talking. So, And if we look to this, and God picking up the pieces, he's very interested in your marriages. He wants to make sure your marriage is right. And he also has, you have children in the marriage. And he's interested in those fellows. God's very interested in the little children. But the man says, you know, when you spank, an angel, spank a child out of anger, that angel don't like that. That guardian angel 
doesn't like that. Something about God doesn't like that. When you do it in anger, it's not a good thing. Discipline is good, but you got to do it the right way. And when parents do wrong and they make mistakes in front of your children, always tell them you got to repent in front of your children. You can't sit there and make a mistake in front of your youngins and then go in the closet and you'll make amends. If you do it in front of the kids, you better do it. You better repent and get it right and let them see mom and daddy make things and mend things together. But what it's doing is God is picking up the pieces because you're God's vessels and he uses you to do the things too. But he gives you the revelation and the insight and the spiritual leadership to do that. But God is there and he brings them in them. And I think that happens with, I said, husband, I mean, sons and fathers, mainly fathers and sons, butt heads. We do that. We're men. We're made to fight sometimes, aren't we? We're made to be aggressive. Sometimes our testosterone is a little bit more than others, but we're made to be aggressive. And then you can have butt heads, but you can't allow that to stay, right? So we want God to keep the family unit running smoothly. So we got to make sure keep all these things are placed under the blood and keep the family clean of all that. Make sure you never go to bed with, try to not do it to bed with all these things and leave for another day. That another day might not ever get there. And these things will harbor in a man's or a person's heart. They harbor in children's heart. You know how I many children, you get to talk to them and they, they're on the street and you ask them, how did you get on the street? Well, I had a broken home. Well, how did the home be broken? Well, daddy did this. He was a drug, did this. Mama did this. She did that. And it's just a broken home. Trace it back somewhere. Somewhere it starts. Somewhere a marriage was never mended together. The pieces was never put back in order. And it left undone. And it broke the whole family up. I think God is putting that that way. Here we are now today. We, we want to make sure that. And, and, and you know what? In this masterpiece, and I'm going to show you a few minutes of the, of the vessel being put together. But when, we, when God does these things and you begin to mend your home, your marriages, your relationship, church mending has to be done too. You know, as a pastor over the years, I've seen sisters and brothers have alts one to another. And we have communion. We say, listen, guys, before we come to the table, make sure you clear these out. We don't see many people getting up and going to one another and clearing things out. Everybody assumes that it's going to be okay. Put it under the blood. But you still leave it undone. you got to go to that person and make it right. You can't assume that, well, he probably knows I forgive him. you got to make sure that things are done right. So the church can be broken up that way. And you wonder why the church don't have the, the spiritual gifts don't operate like they should in churches. It's because we leave these things undone. We leave the... The, the fellowship in our, our churches still have this brother alt against this one. This one wants to do something and this one did something. Now they're mad at that one because that one did it and she wanted to do it and he wanted to do it. And then it gets to a point that now I don't want to do anything. You ever had that? I've had it. If somebody can't do it, then forget it. I ain't doing nothing. And they go home and they don't participate. And, they, and the other ones see it and it just, it just festers. God don't want that, but God can mend that. We have to, Lord... He picks the pieces up and, and puts it together, but he uses you to do it. He says, when you see if one, one and all, he says, what do you do? You don't go tattletale on him. You don't sit there and, and talk about him and have a, a group gossip circle. 
The Bible says you go to that brother and you, and you make it right. You, you go to him and, and you help him. If he's in a fault, you go and pull him out. Don't advertise it. Don't put it on the billboard. You go to him, and then maybe you can bring someone else with you to go and make it right. God uses you to mend things. He's every member in the church to do it. Kids the same way. God is not, God don't, if you're a young lady, a young man, an older man, a young woman, an old man, old woman, it makes, God is still using every person. He's able to use children to mend. And how many times has children try to mend the marriages when the father and mama don't mend them? You see, we, God is picking up pieces in our families, in our homes, in our lives. If we let him do that, if we allow God to do it through us, he won't come in there and barge in and pick him up for you. Yet we know spiritually he picks up these pieces, but he wants us to do it. I believe that. You're, you're, you're adult people. We have the word of God. We have a prophet to come and demonstrate to us even how a family should function. You know, many times I've thought about how Brother Bam did this when little Sarah, I mean, when, when, when uh, not Sarah, but uh, uh, Rebecca, I remember she went to that little house and, and played that piano, that rock and roll music, you know, and, 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 and Brother Bam didn't go there and kick the door in and says, what are you doing in here? Get off that devil thing and get back. He took her and later on talked to her how daddy should respect and love. He didn't kick the door in. It's the right way you do things. You don't bully your children. You don't rule with an iron fist and a rod because I thank God he doesn't do that to me. When I was saved, he didn't bring a rod at me. When I, do, when I made mistakes as a Christian, he didn't kick me around. And today he don't kick me around. But love brings forth a healing. Love brings forth that mending and together and picks up my pieces every day. I think we all have pieces that got to be picked up. I don't care who you are. We all got pieces. We don't want to leave them out hanging. We want God to replace them and restore back our health again. Restore back our fellowship. Restore back our homes, our marriages, and our children. And we got to keep them in a place that they don't let the enemy enter in and destroy us. We have enough to fight already. Then allow the enemy to come and attack our lives, our homes, families, our loved ones. But God has the... But with this going on now, we understand that in this whole picking up the pieces and, and bringing forth a, 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 a healing and bringing forth a, uh, a restoration, God begins to work in our lives. But now I want to bring forth this little thought real quickly. God does it with love, understanding, patience, grace, and mercy in all our lives. And everything you've done has always been God there with that type of attitude. He's never done anything to you to, to cause you to have animosity towards him. It's your rejection of that brings forth that spirit about your life. So when we go through and God begins to mend and puts things together, he goes out there and he brings forth a mending and he puts everything together and puts every piece together and every, every one, he has a way of doing it and he brings these little things together. And before I go in, I'll show you. And at the end of all that, you can still see the cracks in the vessel. But God does something in those cracks in your life that those cracks and those dents that God mends in our, our lives they're not bad things. To me, that's the masterpiece. Yeah. 
Like Moses. What made him the masterpiece? What made Moses the masterpiece? It was that, that part of his knee that was struck by the inspiration of, Moses, of Michelangelo. It was that piece that, that God left there to be an example of how God can bring mercy and grace in our lives. And I say, so when you are, and you, so you have a life and you're, you're, you're living your life and God mends it, you're going to have wounds. You're going to have cracks. You're going to have little things in your life that you remember these things. You remember the hard times. You remember the, the difficult times. The children remember the hardships you go through as a family. They remember these things. They're going to remember but it's in those remembering and recognizing those visible marks of life and markers that they can go back to and says, God did something here. God did something here. God did something there. It's those marks and those, those cracks that God makes that masterpiece. It's in that that demonstrates the mercy and grace of God. When he mends you, that's the miracle of God that mends a family. What a testimony that is. That's the testimony that God sees in a believer when he brings them from nothing and puts them all back together again and brings them to church and they prosper and they become real good Christian family. There's a testimony behind that. And people should hear how God mended their family. You don't want to erase the fact that God did it. You want to you want to brag that God did it. And your testimony as I came in this way. My family was broken up this way. I'm remembering all those cracks and all the dents in my family. But I'm going to tell you, God delivered me and brung the broken pieces and mended my family. And if he did it for me, he can do it for you. See, there's where God made that masterpiece of inspiration. He brings inspiration in the family and the wounded parts and the parts that people, oh, you were just a, a sinner. Your family was a mess. See, there's the mark. But God made the miracle and God brung the deliverance. And there's your testimony. I preached message a couple of times about markers in life. You lay down a marker and that marker it represents a victory, not a defeat. I don't want to lay down defeat markers. I want to lay down victory markers. Because when I win a victory in a battle, I want to put a marker there that says, I won here, or God won the battle for me here. And that's what Joshua did. All through the Bible, they laid down markers of God's victories. When they crossed the Jordan, God did something here. Lay down some stones and tell your children what God did. Let your testimony be your children know. You know, people think, well, don't tell anything bad about your pet. Your children should understand what God brought you out of. How else would they know that daddy, he made a mistake, but God made him a Christian man. And, and I know that when I'm, if I ever make mistakes, God's able to forgive me. It is that way. I've never been ashamed of my testimony. Because that testimony for me is my anchor. It should be our anchor. When God brought you out of the sin, my, what a miracle that was. That should be, that's your go-to. That is your go-to testimony. And the devil says you're not saved, you're nothing but worthy, you're, you're just making mistakes. You say, I don't know about you, still, devil, but God saved me and lifted me up. Now that gives your faith, that encouraged, that, that raised your faith up knowing that God did that. The devil, didn't, the devil didn't do it, the pastor didn't do it, the church didn't do it, God did it. And there's your, there's your absolute and your, your confidence in the God that saved you there is the same God that keeps you here. And the same God that will take you next year and the next year and the next year because he's proved to you, to you, not to me, but to you, 
your testimony, your life, your fractures, your mending. He proved to you that he did it for you. Don't make a difference what anybody else thinks about it. It's yours. Claim that victory. Let that be your, your, your main focus on your life, that God did this. I don't care what the world thinks about it. I don't care what it thinks about me. I know God did it in my life. We got to quit worrying about what people think about you. Too many people come to church, what would God think? Forget what God thinks, but not God, but what people think. You know, you too much worry about what people think about who we are and what we do and how we dress and how we act. How you raise your families. Why do you worry about that? I've had people call me, ministers call me about, you know, my, my, my daughter went and married this and went into the world and, and now she's having a divorce. And, and brother, what do you think? Should, should I take her back home? I said, brother, that's your daughter. Why wouldn't you take her home? She wants to come home. She needs you. Well, I don't know what people think. I wouldn't care what anybody think about me. If it's my daughter, my son, my home is always waiting for them. They come in there, they act right, they do what's right, they're always welcome. I'm not going to throw them out to the world. What good is that? Your children should be, always has a place in your home. And then when you get older, you have a place in their home. <laughs> you got to think of the future, right? If you're mean to your kids... <laughs> Hey, get out of here. You go get him, get married, and get out of the house. You know, I have people all the time work. You still got your kids at the house? Yep, until they get married. What? You're just spoiling them. I said, I don't care. I want my kids home with me until they get married. They don't need to be out there aggravating with the world. They got to pay a big rent anyway. It's not worth it. Stay home. As long as you do good and you take care, help to pay the bills, it's fine with me. Don't be a slothful man. Don't be a slug. But you can, you're old enough. You help provide. That's fine. Be part of the family. You know, so I don't care what people think about that. They, they're going to like, but that's your family, right? Don't worry about it. Your children. You don't worry about people thinking about that. Amen. You be your own person. Have confidence. Amen. Now, let's go to the, to the main subject. Is that okay? Amen. Now, in the little thought we was talking about, and I wanted to go into it just a little bit. We know God's the, God's the one, and now... Uh, also, I have a few scriptures about, you know, our, our trials are like gold, right? Tried in the fire. And these are all things about our trials, our tribulations, and our hardships. You know, Acts, I mean, he were the, the, uh, also talks about those, those great men and women that went through hard times and, sh- and stuff through their lives. These are things in our lives that these are great trials that are like gold to them. And, and they're, like, they're, they're displayed in like a, a, a gold thing, a very wonderful expression. But now... So we had this video, and I thought it was pretty good about how this man fixed the pot. Now he goes back and finds all these pieces. Go back to the pieces again. All this is not the video, but I'm going to talk about all these pieces he had. And he, and the thing about this is from China. And these Chinese masters are able to take these old broken vessels, and they bring them back to life again. But they do it in such a way that it becomes masterpieces and values at hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they bring these vessels, and they bring vessels like this. And it takes months for the, the, such a, a, a very tedious maneuvers of trying to get every piece in order and every piece at its place. And, and they use uh, water and wheat flour and resin to create a, 
a, a, a, a resin to be able to mend each piece. And I thought these three ingredients means a lot to us. And uh, the water, the wheat, and the flour, flour, I mean wheat flour and so on. And, and the wheat flour has a kind of a, uh, uh, a great uh, example. If you look it up, the wheat flour has it. When you dream about wheat or a flour, it shows uh, restoration and shows all about that type of, of dream. So we see there's a restoration going on in this Chinese uh, 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 potters here that bring these vessels together. So they take one piece and they take that little, uh, little, uh, little uh, instrument and they place little resin on each piece. And they gradually place it in there. And little by little, months and months, they take these resin, these little pieces of pottery, and put them together. They know how to do it. And they take their time and... Little by little, the pot has been restored back and brung forth to its original position and original place and, and how it originally looked. And it takes time and talent and wisdom and really a skill to do that. But it's very tedious and very, in a way that it's just very uh, slow. It's a slow process. God does things, sometimes not on eye level, but he does things and makes it done right. So it's not a fast process. Your salvation isn't really for you. Uh, what you want out of it is not a fast, speedy thing. I want to be perfect. Well, it's going to take time for that. I, I want to be a, 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 the best Christian. It's going to take time for that, if there is a best Christian. But it takes time to, to push what you want out of God and out of your life. You look in the mirror. Oh, goodness. What am I ever going to overcome this? Keep it before the Lord. Let him pick up your pieces of your life. Put things back together. It takes time. God's not worried about time. Time is our problem. We hate time. We want time to be tomorrow, now, now, now. And we, we rush things and we mess up. I know when I try to do things, I'm not a carpenter, I'm an amateur carpenter, but I try to rush things, it's messed up. And if I slow, it's almost messed up. So I got to be very slow, and I measure twice and cut three or four times, but it makes it happen slowly. And that's, but God is not that way. He makes sure everything's done perfectly, but it takes a lot of time to put these things together. Your life takes time. Don't be rushing God's timing on putting your lives together. Just yield yourself into the hand of God, the one that does it. For ask forgiveness. If you ask, the Bible says, if you've done wrong, you ask him forgiveness, and he's faithful to forgive you. His grace is sufficient. Don't ever think you can exhaust the grace of God in your life. And remember, you tell your children about the same God you believe in. When you make a mistake, your father's there to make sure that he forgives you. If you ask him, he, will give, he said he would forgive you. Ask me. See if I don't forgive you. And you're faithful that. When you make a mistake, brothers, sisters, you know God's going to forgive you. So you make it right. And you leave the altar knowing that God's forgave me. It's under the blood. I never done it in the first place. And you walk out that way justified. You believe that. Well, as parents, we got to show the same type of love and Concern for our children when they make mistakes. Let you, you can be a type of God to them and says, you forgive them. You talk to them. You work with them. God's forgiven you. Let's not happen again. You know, we got to 
have that relationship between God and you and you and your families and your husband and your wife together. I need to work on my marriage and work on my fatherhood. Still do. We all never will perfect it, but we still work on it. We want God to keep working on me. So he brings these things together, and time after time, they get these little things. And when he gets it all put together and all the pieces in the right place, he's not yet finished. It takes time. Now, he doesn't really hide the cracks in the vessel, the, the potter of China. That's the very part that makes it valuable. It's the cracks and, and all the fractures in these Vessels that make it exactly what people see valuable. And when he puts it together, the last ingredients that this, this master potter has, he uses gold. And he takes a fine brush and he, he lines every crack with gold. Each crack he puts gold. Every, and it brings forth the design of those cracks. And he rubs it and brings it in and brings the gold inside the crack. I like that, how here's the God begin to, you know, deity. Gold covered the ark, didn't it? Gold is a great thing to cover things. And it shows deity. It shows the, 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 the God is, it's the deity of God in gold, right? And he begins to lay. So I see that he lays gold in every little crack. And at the end, Every crack has gold, line, real gold, lined up in there. You know, it's malleable. It's, it, sh- it, it doesn't lose its, 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 its glory. It is always there. And he moves it down, and he, he shines it down, and he, it's all there, and that gold is all made into every crack. And it's so visible that it becomes a masterpiece. And those cracks are not covered up. They're magnified by the gold. And I thought, that's exactly what it is. I want to show what God has done, how he mended our lives. I want that crack in our lives show like deity has intervened. And deity in our lives and deity in the Christian life has come. And God has mended our lives. And when God mends those, there's a gold line in our lives that we can say, God has mended my life. And that becomes a very masterpiece of all of our lives when God does this. How many says I got broken pieces in my life? Raise your hand. Thank you. We all do. So when you see these broken pieces, what are you going to do about it? Leave them on the floor? Wait for something else to happen? No, you let God, Lord, pick me up. Pick these pieces. Fix them in this. Fix them over here. Fix them over there. Fix them here. Put this piece, and God will do it. And you'll see what God's done, and to you, deities intervened. So let God line your lives and line your families and line your homes and line our churches up with all the gold streaks in our homes, our families, our churches, where God has been the same yesterday, today, and forever and mended every lives, every home, every family, every church, that we can come to church and worship God without anything, alts and different things against it one another. We can love one another without being hypocrites. We can shake hands or love one another without being a hypocrite by doing it. God bless you, brother. We love you. Do you really? You have anything there? Make sure you fix that. Keep everything being fixed. The next picture. This is the end vessel. This vessel was all broken up. Some are worse than this. 
But you see that gold there? Those are the cracks that this master put together. He put the rosin in there. He put the resin in there. He put that wheat flour in there and mended that to make it a, a, a good uh, a, a resin that would hold that thing together. And then he comes and shines it. Then he lays that with gold stripes. And there's a masterpiece. Now, wouldn't you say that is truly a masterpiece? You wouldn't want it earlier, but now you see the glory in it. That's what makes it valuable. That's what makes you valuable. That God picked you up from the messy pits the nasty places, the dark, ugly places in life, and he's lifted you up, and his glory is shined about you. And it's God's glory and the gold of God, so is your trials like gold. And God, these things are labeled like gold, that they're tried and they're demonstrated that God has intervened in our life. This should be your demonstration. Let this bring forth a testimony. Would you want to buy that for $700,000? Some people will. But it's a great piece as a master that shows how a master took something that was broken and put it back together again, but put gold there to make sure that it brings forth them. Not just a cracked up pot, but the gold made the difference. God always makes the difference. He's the only one that can bring a marriage together and bind it. He's the only one that can put a home together and make sure it fits and brings forth his glory. He's the one that puts the church together and makes the church bring forth the glory of God. This brings forth the glory of God. In your life, you're bringing forth the glory of God. So make sure these lines in your lives are mended, but let God do it and bring the glory of God. And when you get things done, when you, God does something in your life, why are you quiet about it? Testify about it. Testify when God does mending in your life tomorrow. Bring it to church as God he did this for me. He mended this part of our lives and mended this part of our family. He done this. He done that. Maybe someone else needs that. I think testimonies come from these things because God wants you to share them that you can have a testimony that others can see and need to hear these things. Testify these things. The Bible says many times, testify, testify these things that God has given to you and let the house know, let the world know. When you go out and witness, what are you doing? You're testifying of the grace and the glory of God, how he saved you, and he can save others. When you go on the street, they want to see a Christian talk to them, not a hypocrite Christian in some bar room coming out and trying to, you know, doing that. He wants to see a real Christian, don't they? They come to church to see Christians, not a worldly group. When they come to this door, they want to see what God is all about. And when they come and they want to, they should see what God's all about, Right? And your love should demonstrate and shine to those people. And they see this sure is God people in there. Why? Because I saw God all over them. They're so sweet. You know, what an atmosphere they've created in a little church. You know why the atmosphere is so good? It's because you've been mended and you're keeping the house clean. You're keeping the craps, the, cra- the cracks all mended together. Let God just cover you. Let the glory of God cover our lives in every aspect. I think that's what we need. So when we talk about a masterpiece, let's not forget you. Let's not forget your little lives here in this world. You're still God's masterpieces. Talk, not not, not the, uh, degrading the bride in the whole, but remember, you're the bride here. You're the reflection what Christians should be. And you're, you know what? Where's the son of man at today? He's in you. So shouldn't if you, you harbor the son of man in you, it's Christ, right? Who's living in you? The son of man. Where is he at? He's in the bride. So if you hold the son of man in you, 
Wouldn't he bring forth his glory out of you? Let us, let, let's let him bring forth his glory out of all of our lives. Let deity reign in our midst. Amen. I think we could do that. So when I close on this real quickly, just close out on this, how the, God's done this. I hope you understand. It's a simple little message tonight. But I want to understand this is you. Make sure we get it down to our level sometimes. And don't forget the great big God of heaven is also concerned about the little, like you yourself, the little people here. He loves you. That's why, that's why he put a bride together because you're the bride. You're the one he's talking about. You're the one he's bragging about. You're the one the Bible speaks of. You're the one that you're why he had all the ages come together and he reformed and reformed and reformed and reformed and reformed and, and brought a prophet for you. How special you are to limit you as just, well, we're just a little group. No, you're God's elect. You're God's, you're, you're, you're the house of the son of man. You hold the glory of God and deity. So he come to bring you to that level. But you got to recognize and quit being defeated with your mind thinking, well, I'm just, you know, going to church and you get up and you have a bad day. You go to church, a bad day. Don't worry about the bad days. Remember what's, Remember who's living in you. And be faithful and know that God, he's able, more than able. Let's come to church. Let's worship God. Let's be a demonstration of the deity in our lives that we can reflect the masterpiece in our own families, own lives, own homes. I think that's, it's not a great big message tonight, but I, I wanted to go on that because to me, that's important to me. So don't overlook your life. Don't overlook your family, your children, your home, the church, the pastor. Because we need everybody. And you're all we got. You're the only bride we know. And you got to hold together. Together we make the great body come together. One day we'll be all united. But right now, we're still here in Laodicea. And we got to deal with that spirit. But you're strong enough to overcome. You're more than faithful. God's placed you here because you have a spirit upon you as an eagle. You're, or, you're ordained to overcome this age. You're ordained to be, uh, you're ordained to come through it. And you, God has placed you here that you would be an example of how to overcome. So he give you the anointing to do it. So make sure yourself, you understand, I'm a victorious, I'm an overcomer. I'm what God sent here to demonstrate the power of what the bride should be in Lady Asia. That's what I am. I'm here to demonstrate to the world what the bride looks like in the Lady Asian age. Forget Luther and Martin Luther and John Wesley and all these. You're now here today. They had their time. They shined their forth their glory. Now you shine forth the glory of God today that we can demonstrate the God of this hour. Amen. And let God keep working on you. Is that okay? Amen. Come here, bow our hearts real quickly. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your grace. Lord, it's hard to go in words is so small. But Lord, I desire in my heart to see that we as a bride, we don't want to overlook the simple things, Lord, of how you're the same God that created all things. You created heavens and the earth. You created every creature. You created all things, Lord Jesus, and in that, you, you know exactly our names, who we are, where we come from. You know us because you was with us before the world began. And to belittle that revelation of who I am in the great eternity of God's mind, to belittle that, to think I'm insignificant. I'm not insignificant. I am the bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. I have 
that deity living in me, the God, the God of heaven, is manifest himself in my life. I'm the bride of heaven. Lord, let me have a revelation on that that shows that who I am and our families and our homes and our churches, let us come together and bring that manifestation, bring it to reality. We can shed forth that light to one another. We thank you for your grace today and your mercy. Bless every home here, every family, every, every, every family as a whole, our church here, Lord, bless it. And bless Brother, Brother Barry, Lord, and his ministry. And across the land, there's people and the groups of believers all over, Lord. Bless them all tonight. We give it now to you in Jesus' name. Amen. God knows where they all go. We look at it as a pile of rubble. God knows where they all go. I'm thankful for that. He made them. We get intimidated by a pile of broken pieces. God doesn't. He loves us. He wants us to be right. He's willing to allow it to come apart until it gets right.
church today. Amen. I believe we all heard something that we can take home with us. And I, I, just, I just love God's care for us and how God's never intimidated by the things we go through. He's never overwhelmed by the, by the struggles that we face and the things that we go through. He's never overwhelmed by that. He always has an answer. He always comforts us by, by letting us know that the footsteps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. I know what I'm doing. I have your back. This is going to be okay. All things work together for good to them that love God. He tells us often, one of the most oft-repeated commandments in Scripture is fear not. Fear not. And I, I just, uh, I'm glad, friends, we serve a God who has so much under His control. I'm so glad that we can always turn to Him. We're going to let you go tonight. We, Brother Stacy. we want to say we appreciate you. Lord speaking through you this this weekend and may God bless you, give you uh, a 
blessing uh, getting home and Sister SB and your family and church and may God be with you. We, we just feel good when you come around. May God richly bless you. Our food's going to be ready in just a few minutes, so we'll let you fellowship a little bit outside and uh, then we'll give you the call for uh, food. We have some uh, things, uh, some activities there under the shelter, and so we just uh, want you to be able to fellowship, be able to shake Brother Stacy's hand and enjoy a little bit of time together. And uh, if we don't provide food, you'll stay anyway. So we might as well provide the food and uh, just enjoy one another's company. So let's sing this little chorus before we go tonight. God still moves in the hearts of his people. God still moves. And we should be praying and saying, Lord, just never, never not move in my heart. I want you always to move in my heart. I want you always to be at work in my heart. We should be praying that way. Sing it tonight as you go. God bless you. God still moves. Yes, God.